Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, loads of golf headlines from the memorial to Twitter shots fired from Phil Mickelson, history on the LPGA Tour, and the DP World Tour and a whole lot more. Plus, we're tuned into life outside of content and the screens in the life of ours and Zelda as well. Plus, this week's guest, LPGA Tour Pro Emma Talley. Very interesting conversation about her life off the course, but we get into this, this some details surrounding putting from a professional as well. Finally, it's schnitzel and ribs when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at the Live Take app. And it's very simple. Live Take is where debates are started and ended and voted on by you, the people. What we love about the Live Take app and the reason why we're on there every week is because it allows us to get our opinions off. It's this or that. And the people decide by voting themselves. You can check out challenges from sports personalities around the world, debating everything that's hot inside and outside the world of sports. The people decide the winner, not just your friends on the couch. So challenge us today. Check out our challenge this week as well. Again, it's the Live Take app. I'm at COL Podcast. Alex, he's at COL Podcast. Michael, again, the Live Take app. Download today. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert box golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex it was the memorial at jack's place always a entertaining week of golf to be had and victor hovland showed that he could win on something that wasn't a resort course taking (laughs) a playoff victory over denny mccarthy and 3.6 million dollars yeah so uh victor hovland the memorial is usually a jumping ground in order to winning a major we saw john rom do it last year uh or two years ago i believe it was um so what do we think victor hovland is he gonna win a major this year now he he is right on the doorstep of doing that i mean we yeah. watched him contend at oak hill and, and then we watched him contend the week after at colonial which is really impressive he's just been leaderboard hawking like crazy recently it's funny yes he's, he's gotten the resort victor moniker off of his back officially memorial is not a resort it's a beautiful course but it's a real tough grueling test and he won under tough conditions as well too so hats off to him he is in major championship conversation and the and the reason why maybe he is and a player that could be ranked higher than him like a Max Homa isn't is because you know Homa hasn't shown much yet in major championship play Hovland has already contended so he's absolutely in in the top 5 list of names for the US Open yeah, I think Victor has top fives, and it feels like the last two years in almost every major. We certainly are seeing him on Sunday as part of the conversation. Um, and of course, I, I want to bring up Scotty Scheffler, who again put up a number on Sunday. He he put up that six under number to, with a sixty seven. Can he can he please just learn how to putt the ball again? That's I, I insane. Mean, I, I, it, it, what's amazing to me, and it shows you how good he is and how locked in he is with the rest of his game, is that he can putt horribly he can be the worst putter in the field mike literally, and finish literally. second or third <laughs> yeah. and finish second or third with, with abs having no semblance of making any putts on the entire course that game still gets him in the top three when all is said and done uh so kind of a, like a scary thing that he's going through with these putting woes right now but almost a backdoor impressive stat that he's able to still notch these second and third place finishes with no semblance of a putter at all right now 
uh, yeah, he got burned by it. And, and the other putter who I got to mention, Mike, my guy, Denny McCarthy, I had him in my run your pool pick last week. He was going yeah. off around 70 to one odds to win the Memorial. This guy's been knocking on the door for a while. Another great putter. Who, unfortunately, his putter let him down in the biggest of moments. And, and that's why he couldn't get the win. Yeah, and we've heard Denny McCarthy's name uh, a couple times to the top of leaderboards. So close. Not not able to get it done. Victor pulls out the W. And then Victor went right back to work today. We're recording on a Monday afternoon like we always do. It is today the longest day in golf. It is U.S. (laughs) Open qualifying. And Victor Hovland out there on the bag for a buddy. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, his buddy Zach uh, Bouchot, who's trying to qualify for the U.S. Open, uh, needed somebody on the bag. Hey, Victor's in the area. You're not doing anything, Victor, right? Oh, you're not not playing today, right? I know you played yesterday, I think. I think I saw you on TV, but you're going to hop out and walk 36 holes? Yeah, he is. That's that's what kind of guy he is. So if nothing else, Victor Hovland just earns points as a human being, regardless of if you care about golf or not. To be out winning a professional tournament and then the next morning walking 36 holes, two rounds for your buddy to hopefully get him into the U.S. Open, that's pretty cool stuff. So it was neat to see him out there. That, that is pretty cool. That is a commitment to friendship right there. That's, that's, that's so, uh, that right Oklahoma there. State contingent, you know, they love each other, those Cowboys. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, know, you know who doesn't seem to love people? Phil Mickelson. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long we, until we got into this one. Mike, Phil Mickelson going absolutely scorched earth on Twitter. I, I think I think he overserved himself on the Pinot Noir on Friday night. That That's just my guess. <laughs> you know, I'm missing these fireside chats that we used to get with Phil. I think nowadays it would be mm. more like a bonfire uh, yes. beating or something. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> bonfire, B-O-N-P-H-I-R-E. We got to trademark that right now. Yeah. Let's start making the shirts, Mike. <laughs> you you just stumbled upon a, a golden catchphrase right there. These are now bonfires from here on forward. The latest one was on Friday night. Mickelson going off on the whole Brandel Chambly beef. He wants to set up a head-to-head debate with Piers Morgan moderating, Mike, if oh, you God. can imagine that. that. That's Phil Mickelson's new goal with the media members. But going off on Rory McIlroy, a little bit un- unsolicited. You know, Rory McIlroy saying he's a little worn out from everything that's gone on. Phil with an absolutely eviscerating tweet, quote, as worn out as McElroy was after the Masters and his need for an offseason, Liv would be perfect for him. The problem is, I don't think there's a team that wants him on it because they'd have to deal with all his BS. So, uh, Mike, Phil is just is taking no prisoners right now, to say the least. I, I mean, I mean, uh, if, if Phil just wants to keep burning bridges, he can go ahead and do it. You know, there's two ways to elicit change. There's Phil's way of just burn, burn the, the, uh, the village scorched to the ground earth. and rebuild scorched earth. Or there's the Rory way. Build, build from the inside and build it up and make everybody better in the process. Communication, so. negotiation, you know, we're, we're working through with our linguistics and, and actually yep. talking through issues, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that's in Phil Mickelson's future. I'd love to see if that debate actually gets a TV hub and happens. I highly doubt it. It's probably all just speculation. And and, and just like, ironically, the rest of the world, I, I think this is – it's it's interesting and fascinating to watch Phil do this. But I'm also getting a little bit of that vibe, Mike, where I'm like, Phil is just that Twitter keyboard warrior that like 
isn't going to follow through on this stuff. Like when yeah. fa- when fa- when face to face happens, he's walking alongside Rory and Jay Monahan outside the clubhouse at Oak Hill and talking things out. So I, I don't know. We're we're getting a couple different fills based on what you see at tournament play versus what you see on Twitter. But yeah, I'm still sticking with the theory that I think he overserved himself on Friday night. All right, let's uh, switch gears to the LPGA. They were at Liberty National, which is just a beautiful course there in New York, looking out at the New York skyline. Great views. And Rose Zhang takes a W in her debut LPGA event and immediately punches her LPGA Tour membership ticket. Unreal performance by Rose Zhang. You know, all the hype in the world has been thrown on this name. And this is a name that you and I had heard anecdotally because of winning the U.S. Amateur with all that pressure being the favorite. And then remember going to Augusta for that Augusta National Women's Amateur being the resounding favorite and still backing it up and winning there too. And then all the pressure in the world mounting as she decides to quickly make her pro debut. And wouldn't you know it, she goes and wins the freaking tournament. I mean, yeah. this is this is historic stuff for women's golf, and I hope this gets the proper amount of due respect and publicity throughout the rest of the week here as we all unravel how impressive this achievement is for her at such a young age to be this dominant. Uh, it, it just it gets you very excited for what her future could be like in women's golf. Yeah, and to take the W also in a playoff, I think is just impressive that she's able to do that on you know it's hard enough to to take a lead into a sunday and she kind of lost it there but then to yep. recover and take this w so this is uh so i'm gonna ask the question because this is what we do is rosang the new tiger woods of the lpga oh wow yeah i mean you just want to jump like that well i yeah. mean remember we we sat in this position with michelle Wee, who ironically was the yeah. host of the tournament this past week very very ironic how that all played out we sat in the same position with Michelle Wee. We watched her play in PGA tour events as a teenager before she even started her LPGA career. She ended up getting a major championship, but admittedly, you know, didn't follow through on those Tiger Woods like expectations. Now we're getting it. We're having it come around again now. Um, I'm expecting much more career-wise in terms of her achievements. Her getting this first win right off the bat really takes a lot of pressure out of her for the next few years. To go, Knowing she can already climb that mountain, I think, is going to allow her to do it several times over uh, before she even gets in, into her mid-20s. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting big things. The, the, the weight of the world is on her shoulders. I want her to just kind of relax and take it all in at such a young age, but uh, a lot to handle. I'll, I'll tell you this, Mike. The, the big highlight for me on Twitter this weekend was – uh, coming from not Rosang, but Justin Rose. I, I guess yeah. I'm friends with Justin Rose. He helped me win at Pebble Beach earlier this year. I said immediately after the Rose emoji needs to be passed over to Rosang until further notice. Justin Rose liked the tweet. How about that? I mean, Justin, if you're listening, which you must be, he must be listening to this podcast since he yeah. liked your tweet. Uh, let, let's have you on, Justin. Let's uh, talk about uh, this uh, change of the guard. And that's very, and that's very, very modest of him. He's a major champion, legend in the game, you know, been around forever. I always throw the rose next to him whenever I pick him weekly on Twitter at Course of Life One. But I did just pass over the emoji, emoji, and that like is basically his seal of approval. So, Rosang, not only have you won on the LPJ Tour, you've now been given the title rights to the rose emoji on Twitter as well. Amazing. So Rosang with the rose emoji wins the Mizuho Americas Open, her first LPGA Tour victory as a player on the LPGA, and now she has her card. So good. Yeah, for crazy. Her. 
Let's uh, go across the pond. They were in Hamburg, Germany for the Porsche European Open. And Tom McKibben, the 20-year-old and possible successor to Rory McIlroy, takes the W by two strokes. Yeah, Pretty not good. to be understated as well, too. I watched this wire to wire on Sunday morning, and I was fascinated because I was like, who is this lanky kid? This kid is so young, his hat doesn't even fit him. Remember what we looked like when we were teenagers? Yeah. When, like our adult hats were just too big for us on the golf course. That's what Tom McKibben looks like. Like This guy is like all of 150 or 60 pounds. He hits the absolute snot out of the ball. He's a ball-striking machine. 20 years old, rookie on tour, 26th professional start, gets the first win in impressive style with the birdie at the last, the 18th. And Mike, wouldn't you know it, he's from Hollywood Golf Club in Northern Ooh, Ireland, the exact same familiar. course where Rory McIlroy grew up and learned to play the game. So we've got a, literally a Rory 2.0 situation on his hands. I want to talk about weight of the world, too, over on the other side of the pond. I mean, all of Northern Ireland is going to be looking at this kid for the years to come. So we're, we're just getting that name out on everyone's radar. Tom McKibben, 20 years old, already winner over in Europe. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. All right, let's uh, look ahead to this weekend. They head north on the PGA Tour to the RBC Canadian Open. And hey, speaking of Roy McIlroy, he's in the field. He's looking to defend for the third straight time. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is a um, so this is an all time weird one. He's going for the three peat mm-hmm. over a four year span. On three different courses. Yep. Okay, that, that's breaking some sort of record. I don't. Yeah. You can look in any record book you want. That's never been done in sports. I'm safely saying that. Uh, yeah. COVID interrupted the 2020 and 2021 playing of the Canadian Open. It came back at St. George's last year. Roy won again over Justin Thomas. You remember that was the exact week when all the live news and the debut came forth, and that was a big winning week for Rory outdueling JT uh, here. But now it's over at Oakdale. So it's a new course new for everyone to learn as well. So kind of a blank slate again here as we head into the Canadian Open. But yes, Rory is there to try and do the three-peat. Also, Matt Fitzpatrick looking to get the RBC double. He won the Heritage over Jordan Spieth mm, earlier okay. this year. So he's looking forward. And your, your, your boy, Justin Rose, no rose emoji, had a T4 last year after shooting a final round. 60 is also back in the field. I did notice that. And the other guy we got to shout out is we got to shout out the Canadians first off because this is their national championship, so they go hard yes. for this event. Corey Connors has got to be on everyone's card this week if you're looking for picks. He's a great ball striker, and he always shows up no matter what course this event's been at in recent years. He's always contended. Honorable mention, maybe Taylor Pendrith, maybe Nick Taylor, who we've seen on some leaderboards. So there's Adam Svensson's one recently. So there's all sorts of Canadians that are playing decent golf right now. And I know one of them would absolutely love to win this week over anything. So you'll have your picks up on the Twitters on Wednesday evening. And uh, you'll run your pool article. will be up there as well, giving us a more in-depth look at what you're looking at doing. That's runyourpool.com for all of Alex's articles. He does a lot there. So make yeah, sure we got a lot. Out. We're heading to the U.S. Open next week as well, too. So there's going to be a lot of golf stuff coming on Run Your Pool as well. 
All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. You know, a couple weeks ago, I brought up Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Mm, a sequel to uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, and how I had played maybe 30 minutes of it because the wife was playing it nonstop. Well, I finally have had opportunity to play. Oh, she finally handed the joysticks over to you. Amazing. She she finally started asking me before 930 at night if I'd like to play. Um, (laughs) And uh, it is a fantastic game that... um, really does a great job building upon its predecessor in breath of the wild and makes it like three times bigger and greater. And it's just like, and it's that typical Zelda mentality Like you sit down to play and you're like, I'm going to play for 30 minutes. And then two hours mm. later, you're like, Oh my God, where'd the time go? Yeah. So you must be, you may be going to bed a little bit later than normal, I guess. Uh, might, not so much. Not so much. It, that, that's what happens with those games. It always stretches you out a little longer than you, especially with, with the choose your own adventure style and, and Zelda yeah. gameplay. Yeah, you can get lost real quick. Yeah, it can be. It can. It can go downhill pretty fast. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I was tuned into to nothing on screen. I was out and about and being a social butterfly, like maybe at a record pace. I had a good three day run where it was a, a coffee, beer garden, drinks for friends' birthday. I did a full day out on the lake on the boat, and then I also found an adorable little town square. In my so dealer's choice. Which one do you want to hear about there? Which one well, of those three? I'm, I'm uh, curious about what a coffee beer garden is because I know what a beer garden is. So does a coffee beer garden just add coffee as well? They got a little bit of everything. Shout out to Cosmic Coffee and Beer Garden in South Austin. A really cool outdoor venue. You would have loved it there. Just mm. just dozens if not hundreds of picnic t- outdoor picnic tables. Beautiful 80 degree sunset Friday night. Food trucks galore. A taco truck, a barbecue truck, everything you need nice. in between. So they had their regular coffee menu. They had boozy coffee cocktails. They had separate summary cocktails and then an awesome collection of beer locally crafted from everywhere around Central Texas. Just an um, amazing social venue, too. They got a few games you could play. And even, Mike, a nice little corner and, and a gigantic living area for the chickens as well, too. So you can also say hi to the chickens <laughs> on property at Cosmic Coffee and Beer Garden. So that was my, that was my out venture for the past week. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this week's guest. Uh, We're going back again to the Chevron Championship where you were just a little while ago uh, when it was in Texas. And uh, again, you spoke to another LPGA Tour player. Uh, who's been very busy both on and off the course. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh, we got into the destination wedding she did, which she absolutely crushed. Uh, trip to Australia. Talking a lot about putting as well, too. Yeah. We got it kind of into the weeds of putting and what goes into the mind of a pro when they're putting. And um, there's a, a very funny story as well, too, that is uh, uh, the golf fans will certainly appreciate regarding a little bit of a double booking with Emma Talley. Before we get into this conversation with Emma, let's talk about our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We've been talking for the last couple of weeks about their referral uh, promotion that's going on here. Alex, why don't, you, why don't you fill us in on these details? Yeah, it's real straightforward. If you or anyone you know has a large-scale golf event and you want to buy a really cool swag gift for all of your employees, coworkers, or anyone at the event – Go through desertfoxgolf.com. It's very simple. When you place an order for 100 or more uh, pieces of equipment or any sort of phone caddy or any sort of swing a tumbler or towel or accessory from Desert Fox Golf, you just let them know the course of life sent you and you'll get a $100 referral bonus. That's just for you for just shopping and finding stuff for your golf event that you're already going to do anyway. So anyone who's running any sort of event or club that has large scale events, this is the promotion for you. And also, 
Shout out those fathers for the Father's Day celebration as well. Be sure to check out DesertFoxGolf.com for everything they do. All right, next up on the Course of Life podcast, we're live from the Chevron Championship, and we're joined by Emma Talley, the LPGA Tour, USAM champ in 2013, NCAA champion in Alabama. It's great having you on the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So uh, new course, new vibes for you. Although, how, do you have any experience playing this course at all, or is this a brand new venue for you? This is a brand new venue. I did get 18 holes in yesterday, so okay. I've seen the place. It's beautiful, much different than Palm Springs, but excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to compliment you quickly because I'm following on social media. You absolutely crushed your destination wedding this past <laughs> off season. I want to know where in Hawaii was that? Yeah, it was actually, this is a funny story. I'll take a few more seconds than you want. Probably, no, absolutely. But, That's what we're here for. Um, I got engaged last March and we were so excited to get married. He's from New Zealand. So we decided to get married in Hawaii. It's halfway. Oh, okay. Yeah. We messaged 20 different hotels and we ended up getting married um, in Honolulu at the Kala Hotel. Well, a few weeks after we put the deposit down, we were in Hawaii playing with um, the sponsor of the tournament, and yeah. he does also the sponsorships for the Sony Open. Oh, and he was okay. like, when are you getting married? And I told him, and he was like, uh, where is it? And his face got white. He was like, that's the same week as the Sony Open, and it's the same place as the Sony Open is played. Oh, so we geez. got we couldn't get a while either? Yes. Yeah. So we got married there, and um, funny enough, he caddies on the LPGA Tour. So oh, okay. it was almost hilarious because we can't get away from golf. We It was <laughs> bizarre, like such a coincidence, but, but it was the, great. Of course, the professional golfer would put their wedding right next to a professional golf tournament. I know, and had so no idea. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, And I know you were just out there last week, too. Um, what's your favorite uh, island Hawaii swag that you got last week? Because I know the players got some cool little trinkets, stuff in their locker, things like that from the tournament. Did you get anything notable from the island trip? Um, notable. My favorite thing, personally, we didn't get this in our lockers, but my favorite thing is just the acai bowls. I went to like mm, a food yes. truck. I went to a grocery store. I went all around the so place. So much more authentic there, too. Oh, it's too. so good. That's my favorite part. I love acai bowls. Not something I think about often for breakfast when I have them. Like, God, I need to have these more in my life. It's you know? so good. Probably too much sugar, but they are good, nice. especially in Hawaii. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Odyssey yeah. as a partner for you. I'm curious because I've had an Odyssey putter forever. Um, tell me a little bit about your relationship with them and, and, and your keys for putting and what you're working on with your putting these days. Yeah, um, putting. Actually, I gained two and a half strokes on putting last year on the LPJ. So putting's my favorite part of my game. I love to putt. Um, Odyssey is the number one putter in golf right now, which is pretty crazy. Um, they have been for a while. I've been with them for a long time. I've played Odyssey. I think my first putter was a yes putter. I don't know if you remember the yes, yes. putters. I do. Yes. And then I went I'm straight barely to, old enough to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went straight to the Odyssey putter. Um, I've been with them. I've been playing Odyssey since I was probably 13 years old. And um, yeah, I think just putting like you're a kid again, you know, just kind of aim and and stroke it, not hit the ball, just stroke the stroke the ball. For mm. me, that's a big key. Um, and not guiding it, just aiming and actually just stroking it where I'm aiming instead of like guiding it left to right. A lot of people guide it into the hole and they end up pushing it. And then obviously right to left, they do the same thing. So right. I think too many times they don't just, just put it like a kid. Which end of the spectrum are you on? I think I might know the answer, but there's kind of the like really steely-eyed putters, like maybe a Jordan Spieth who's like so locked in, but then there's also like the putters like Brad Faxon who say, oh, I just putt like I don't give a heck, you know, I don't care yeah. at all. Do you do you try and balance that, you know, that 
fearlessness yeah. versus also being locked in when you're putting? Totally. I think I'm probably in the middle. My yeah. um, mental coach actually pulled me aside last year, right before I started putting really well. And he was like, I want you to start putting like a kid, like stop doing your pre shot, stop doing everything and then mm-hmm. just putt. And we started from ground zero and I kind of built up a new pra- like routine, um, pre-shot routine. That's and a scary thing for a lot of golfers. I feel like yeah, like, yeah hey, start just over. stop that the way you're getting, yeah. getting ready for every putt. Yeah, and it actually really helped. I kind of changed my routine, and ever since then, I've been putting really well. Kind of a mixture of all of that. I mean, I'm definitely technical. I do the same technical drills every day, but um, once I'm over the putt, I just try to kind of, like you said, like Brad Faxon, once I'm over it, there's not much you can do after you're over the putt except speed, so... Um, I think speed is really important. Aim-wise on the ball, do you have a specific mark or line or anything you use? I do use a line, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just started using a line last year, which is also crazy. So I changed a lot of stuff. Now that I'm talking, I'm like, wow, I've really changed a lot in my putting in the last year and a half. But it's been good for me. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been putting what I consider well recently. But then I look at some videos I took of my putting and like my stance and alignment is just terribly off. I'm just like, how am I even making this decently happen? You know, you really got to, it's something you have to constantly work on and and hone the craft. Um, Yeah, for sure. I'm curious when you're out here on pro-am days like this, obviously you've seen your fair share of amateurs playing. Um, What is it that the, the amateurs need to work on the most to get their game better? We're all, we're all listening right now. I know, uh, I know. I think, I mean, I'm probably, I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's the hundred yard and in most of them can, most of them are pretty good off the tee. Yeah. You have the errant one every once in a while, but for the most part, most people can get it in the fairway. And then from there, it's like, it gets chaotic. (laughs) Um, Putting's usually okay. You know, I think the putter's usually okay, but the chip shots, um, I don't think enough people probably practice chipping. It's something that's not that fun. And Um, most people just want to go play. So I think chipping is probably the thing that most AMs need to work on. You know what? My game's not getting like too much better, but it's getting incrementally better. Cause what I did is I put a net in my backyard at the beginning of COVID. So every morning at 9 a.m., I just like hit 20 balls, hit 20 chips. And wow. Like, dedicated. It's not that much. It's not that much. It's like 10 or 15 minutes of practice, but five days a week, you do it for a couple of years, it starts to pay off. So. Yeah, exactly. It's the consistency. Exactly. Um, all right, let's get into a really fun conversation of a, Probably the coolest international destination I've ever been to. Uh, let's talk about Australia. Yeah. Right there. Um, first off, I stayed in Sydney for an entire week. Went oh, and, so and did good. a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, just tell me your favorite part about being in that city. It's a very unique uh, location. Sydney was so fun. You know, I don't know if you went down to where the opera house is. But did, like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've, I've traveled around the world. My husband's from New Zealand. I've seen a lot of the world. Right. And that harbor is just so pretty. I thought it was so cool. So much culture there. And. Obviously, the weather's wonderful. And then you're on the golf course and there's kangaroos everywhere. It's just like such a cool experience. I love the culture there. The people are awesome. And it's just a beautiful city. What courses did you get to play? Um, we yeah. only were at Bonnie Dune that week. Okay. But um, yep. but we I played three events in Australia. I was in Cobram, which is out in the middle of nowhere. I'm from out in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Cobram <laughs> is out in the middle of nowhere in Australia. So I played there. And then I went to the Vic Open, which is really popular um, in, in Victoria. Um, played that event, which is cool because it's a women and men at the same event, which is really cool. And then um, Sydney was actually you play with the guys, which is cool as well. So you're actually playing against them for the purse for yeah, the win. So cool. it was really cool. I was so glad our season started a little later than usual. So it was a great like warm up to the season. And I had a lot of fun. Um, speaking of team events, the PJ tour is doing the Zurich classic this week as we talk. 
Um, who would you like to team up with out on tour if it was like a two woman team? Oh man, that's a hard one. I wish you'd have given me some heads up on that question. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a big Max Homa fan right now. I think he seems like such a cool guy. Also a fantastic tweeter. In yes, to a great golfer too. Yeah, I like his game. I think he's a cool guy. He seems like a family man. I've never met him, so I think he would be really cool to team up with. Um, I'm really good friends with Justin Thomas. We grew up in Kentucky, went to Alabama. So obviously yeah. I got to mention him, but mm -hmm. there's so many good guys out on tour. I've, I mean, a lot of, obviously a lot of the LPJ girls have relationships with the guys and I, there's so many good guys out there. So, I mean, Almost I don't think pick. you can go. Yeah. Max is a good pick for me. I think. loose and laughing. On yeah, the exactly. Yeah. It's a good vibe. Um, all right, cool. Let's get into a uh, random rules question. It's not testing your knowledge of the rules. It's just a random experience okay. that might have to do with the rules of golf. So this is scary. all you got to do is just tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. All right. This is scary. all right. So this is, these are about <laughs> use of equipment. I guess the question is, have you ever had like a random equipment snafu on the course, like a broken club or a club needs to be replaced? Oh, uh, you would ask me. Yeah. So I do not get mad on the golf course, but last year at KPMG, I got in the habit of when I get mad, when I'd miss a putt, I would hit my foot on the shaft of the putter. Yeah. Okay. So my husband, um, That's yep. caddy for me, decided to caddy for me for one week last year at KPMG <sighs> and I got mad and I did it and I don't, I didn't hit it that hard, but I don't know if you've seen the new Odyssey putters, they're red and then there's a black line and then it's silver. So okay. it's a different type of metal. Yeah. I must've hit it right. Cause I didn't get that mad. I hit it right there and it snapped in half and I cried the last five holes and it was a whole ordeal. I was so embarrassed. I felt so bad and it was an accident. Guess what? I had no clue it happened. So don't worry about it. We I did about break already. a club <laughs> during a tournament, which was so sad. And your husband said, you do this every week? Yeah. He was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> Nicely. Yes. Love you. I'm never doing this yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, let's do our 19th hole question before we get into the snack selection. Perfect. Um, 19th hole meal. So you finish the round, uh, you get into your favorite clubhouse. It's time to sit down and enjoy a great meal and drink. What's like your go-to choice for a 19th hole meal and drink? Oh, am I playing in a tournament or just like for like a casual? Casual practice round, off week. You just played well and birdie the 18th. You got nothing in front of you. There's no tournament around oh. for a week. You know what? Okay. I think I'd go with the classic burger, like burger, sweet potato fries. Oh, yeah. That's every, 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 oh, sweet potato fries. That's the ring. Everyone's, every, a lot of people say burger, but not yeah. people say sweet potato fries. If I was in a tournament, I would probably go for like a Caesar salad with chicken. I love Caesar salad. That's mm. my go-to. Soup and salad's the, my go-to. You actually you managed to hit the two probably most popular answers. The chicken Caesar combo comes up a lot when I ask that question. Yeah. Surprising it's refreshing. Amount. Yeah, it is. After a round of golf. Um, we're in Texas here, so I'm showing Texas hospitality with a food giveaway for our guests. Have you ever heard of or been to a Bucky's before? Oh, heck yes. yes and their barbecue barbecue sandwich. So good. Due to our time and scheduling, you're down <laughs> to the last two selections okay. for the snacks from Bucky's. Okay. So just know that you do have the choice. Yes. Between jalapeno cheese puffs and chocolate meringue. Oh, so chocolate meringue. One thousand percent. All right, so this Thanks, is what I'm taking Bucky's. my drive there. Yeah. Thanks. What else would you get if you went into a Bucky's? Have you tried the what jerky trail mix? Chocolate covered pretzels. What would you go for? I, every time I stop, I get a pulled pork sandwich. Mm, I go with yes. the the stuff that they are making. You know, I don't know if you've ever had their breakfast sandwiches too. They're really good. Oh, I have not. All right, I got to add to the list. Then. Love it. Sweet. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> Emma. Thank you so much for hopping on the course of life. Good luck this week, this year, and I look forward to following the rest of your career. Thank you so much.
And we're back. Great chat there with Emma. Love to hear because more players need to do this, in my opinion. Like she has the Brad Faxon mentality, thanks to her mental coach, to get over the ball when you're putting and hit the ball. Don't stand there for 20 minutes. Don't let me eat a sandwich like you would with Jack when he would hit a putt. Just get over the ball and hit the ball. That was so enlightening to just go a little bit more in depth than I usually do. You know, you know, we love to talk about everything else with our golfers, but she just she was very genuine with with talking about her game and, and talking about the weeds of putting. And, and it really is that simple. Like, let, let's look at what a putt is in golf, Mike. You are taking the club back a few inches and bringing it through the other way. We don't have to uh, overcomplicate things here. Um, exactly. Like Brad, Brad Faxon said, put like you don't give an F at all. Um, that definitely is the way. And, and that's what I said. It's funny. I was playing decently, not really great last week. And I was playing with a guy who was enamored by me making just a couple of par saves. And he said, man, I need a putting lesson for you. I said, you don't need a lesson from me. You just need to know that you just got to put like you don't give a damn. Carelessness is key when you're on the greens. So uh, <laughs> hopefully Emma can, can extort a little bit more of that uh, for the the rest of her season, but uh, looking to fo- forward to following her game as the season progresses. And I think her putting is going to improve week, week over week as well. Yes, indeed. And uh, as as you did do with a lot of the guests uh, you saw at the Chevron Championship, we're going to have a this or that video going up on our Instagram. That's COL podcast. By the time you're listening to this, it should really already be there. So go ahead and check that out at COL yes. podcast on Instagram. Uh, Alex and I are there as well. He's Corsa Life. Alex, I'm M-W-R-I-N-C. Alex's golf picks are on Twitter every Wednesday. He's at Course of Life 1 on Twitter. I'm at M-W-R-I-N-C. Nailed it. Um, we're also on the Live Take Sports app where you can hear our weekly live takes on things in the world of golf. It's Course of Life Alex and Course of Life Michael. So check us out there as well. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, everywhere that you are. We're there. We're literally in your living room right now. Yeah. Um, and I was doing some writing as well, too. Let's get into some other strange content. I was I did a funny article just updating the world on the, the off-season gossip with the NFL QB mics. Uh, how in tune are you these days? You, you need me to update you on what the QBs are doing these days? I really couldn't give two two fucks i really how about, how about I, tom yeah. brady and kim kardashian mike the internet will explode if that happens right uh i mean maybe i don't know yeah, whatever yeah spotted in the bahamas eating dinner together i couldn't believe it when i read it either yeah nuts uh aaron <laughs> Rodgers, love and life in new york he went to a rangers game a knicks game a taylor swift concert broadway place a wicked on broadway aaron Rodgers is just loving the new york style life right now how much longer do we get a dick pic leak coming out of Aaron <laughs> yeah, Rodgers? Yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't seen what he's done out in the single market yet. He's kept that yeah. part private so far. Uh, but once that part leaks out, I'm sure we'll get some more headlines. So, yeah, check out runyourpool.com for all the offseason uh, quarterback tea and all the other stuff I write as well. All right, we got a new segment that we're rolling out this week. It's called Wormhole of the Week, where we're going <laughs> to share a wormhole out there in the world, usually the Internet, that we're going down over this last week. And uh, Alex, what wormhole did you go down? Yeah, so this was actually an equation here. It's a it's an intersection of two wormholes that led me to another, if you can believe that. So wow. you can tra- you can kind of do the math here, but I was looking at a lot of Vegas content. I was watching a lot of Vegas videos before my trip to Vegas. And then I got down a wormhole where I was watching a lot of like police dash cam body cam videos which is a really weird wormhole. Yeah. But then when you put those two together, Mike, you get the sneaky, suspicious gambling 
wormhole. So mm. I've stumbled on Stephen Bridges and the card counters out there, Mike. Well, what, do you, what do you know about counting cards in blackjack? Do you think, you, do you think you're smart enough to do something like that? Uh, all I know about card counting is what I learned in Rain Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> Good movie reference there. Yeah, so Steven is a professional card counter. He just hops casino to casino. This guy's just on a mad chase around the U.S. going and going in and getting kicked out of casinos left and right. So he'll he's known now at this point because he'll go and sit down and casinos will literally just kick him out and say, you're, you're too good of a player. We can't have you sit at the table. And they just ask him to leave. So he's just trying to find any casino where he can sit and play for longer than an hour. And he films it all on a hidden camera that he puts in his chest. Uh, so fascinating, um, illegal slash shady, shifty activity in the casinos. If you're into that type of thing, that was the wormhole of the week. Crazy. Yeah. Let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, our food segment and every Course of Life podcast always end with food on Instagram as well, too. Uh, we're both getting into meat. So vegetarians duck and look away right now. Yeah. I had quite the sandwich this past weekend, Mike. Shout out to District mm. 6 in Georgetown, Texas. It was a buffalo schnitzel sandwich mm. on Texas toast. So you know you can fry up schnitzel, pound it down. It's that wonderful yep. fried pork. If you throw breading on that appropriately and some buffalo sauce and ranch and lettuce and pickle, you you basically have a fancy version of a buffalo chicken sandwich. And boy, was that a find. That is one of the, the more unique and tasty sandwiches I've had in a while. So buffalo schnitzel sammy uh, was my hit of the week. I like it because sometimes with a buffalo chicken sandwich, that chicken's a little too thick. It's hard to get your mouth around that sandwich. Mm, so I like well that idea played. of doing schnitzel nice and thin. Makes a little like, that, like that chicken parm thickness of patty. You know what I mean? Yeah, a nice yeah. thin pounded out patty. Oh, yep. Very easy to eat. No fumbling at all. You know, everything went down, not on the plate. So yeah, buffalo schnitzel, schnitzel sammy for the win. What, what was your, uh, your meat find? Uh, so I went to a common restaurant uh, right in downtown Savannah on Broughton Street. Uh, really awesome place. And I got their short rib hot plate. So this okay. was a braised short rim with a coffee whiskey glaze, sesame seeds, on, served on top of creamed collards, a sweet cornbread, and a red wine onion jam. Oh, my And it was – I have to say, the cornbread was hands down the best thing on the plate. It, but and, and I've never really liked collards before either, but just the combination of everything is fantastic. You hit on was, so many sweet. so good points there oh my yeah. god so much sweet wow yeah. well you kind of you know it was funny the short rib was maybe the least heavy thing on the plate and yeah. a short rib is kind of a heavy meat when you think about it so but it was fantastic it was spectacular good stuff indeed and and bt dub for the foodies out there you crushed me on hamburgers versus hot dogs on the live take app so congrats mm -hmm. on that win uh, but find us there for all our future debates as well that was always end with food and a wrap on another great course life podcast uh, from Mike, I'm Alex. We'll see you next week.